I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a Pleasure Podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. We are here on the beaches of Costa Rica. Except we're not. It's Except actually, we're, not. we're in Santa Cruz and there's a rainstorm. It's real cold. And we're banging out podcasts and yeah, work we are. so we can relax. When this is released, we are on the beaches of Costa Rica. Yes, we Which are. you already said last week and you're like, fuck you, Amy, shut I'm like, up. we're not there yet. I really want to be there. I'm super excited. And I'm excited for this episode. We have so many great speakers. It's We actually recorded the one today that actually went out last week. So this is backwards. But I won't say <laughs> who it is quite yet because it already came out. So um, it was just super fun. And I love how every education educator brings in a different flair you know some people are more playful and vibe yeah and they say like hey you know when my my dick does this and this and it's just just fun and playful and yet informative and some people are a little more you know serious and to the point and um just it's so wonderful also how many amazing sex educators we have to act it's it's wonderful it's incredible i remember seeing this with my mom and i own the retail store of pure pleasure and in the beginning we had to seek out people same thing with shame of sex we had to find the people to come on our show or in the retail right, store to teach. Yeah. Now they just come to us because we were more established or we already have relationships with them. And Stella is a repeat guest. She was here talking, I believe, about G-spots and squirting. Uh, God, you weren't even here for that episode, April. It was when I lived on the old street that I won't say the name, but down oh, yeah. by off of ocean street over there and we oh. recorded that little back house thing yeah um and i think she was going to teach at my shop right after so anyways when you had a shop well now we're all online everyone you can go to purepleasureshop.com <laughs> and you always get 15 percent off with your coupon code shameless sex Save that money your sex toys so this one is the ultimate guide to threesomes. This will also be a, a top episode because when you actually look at our top episodes, threesomes is in it. Um, Read Me Halko came on here, did an episode yeah. of threesomes. Threesomes are hot. They're a hot topic. And you can never know too much about this. And a lot of people think it's easy. Just dive right in. Well, what happens when you have the communication breakdowns and someone's feelings get hurt? That was part of the reason I never had a threesome with my now ex-partner. Surprise, I'm a single. It was like, I'm like, we don't have a strong enough foundation to pursue a threesome. Yeah. And I was always open to it. I'm not anti, but I knew that it would bring up stuff if I pursued something of that nature with him because I wasn't comfortable enough with a lot of the, the... the ass- we had some cracks in our foundation. Obviously, now we're not together. Yeah. Uh, bye. Uh, <laughs> Later. <laughs> I like her sass today. She's had a nice sass. Uh, it's been fun. Hey, ma'am. I'm into it. I was years of sass coming I, out of me. When I just went to get my body work session today, and by someone that uh, that does body work on both of us and listens to our podcast, and I was talking about our dynamic. Oh, he listens to our podcast. He has. Yeah, I think he pretended he didn't when I got. Oh, did he work. say he didn't? Maybe he doesn't. He just seen. He said he face. knew you from Burning Man mostly, but he knew me from your social media. I think. Oh, maybe he hasn't actually listened. I don't know. Well, if he has, then sorry, I missed that part. Oh, but he, anyways, I was talking about our dynamic and about how you're like, you're like fire. When you're, you know, like you wake up, not fire, like angry fire. That's the wrong way to put it. I describe you as eight, as me on eight cups of coffee naturally. It's like a firework. <laughs> yeah. And you energize me. Oh, and yeah. I probably helped to ground you down a little bit. But keep being energized, Chip, because I love you in all your shapes and forms. I'm staying energized. I'm into And it. medicated right now. No. <laughs> we did have a little bit of wine before yeah, this. Yeah, jump wine. It makes us better podcasters. I can't say that we'll read the ads perfectly. Um, okay, so the ultimate guide to threesomes. We will dive in soon. You will hear a bio. First, we have a sex question that I think is a very, very, very important sex question. Because there's not... I am so surprised that this person's doctor... Didn't explain this. And then you and I will both... You Wait, did you... Have you ever had HPV? No. Okay. 
Uh, well, that I know of. And, but you've outed that you've had other STIs, yeah, well, OCDs, and things like that. Yeah, but honestly, I'm like, one of the only people I know that doesn't have HPV, pretty much. Yeah. Because my doctor was like, well, that's great. Well, you don't have to come back for three years. And I was like, yeah. okay. Or you might have it. You just don't know. It might be dormant in your body, which is will be the answer to this question. So... I am a 31, I'm 31 years old and single and I'm currently on birth control and have been having unprotected sex with a partner. I recently went to get a pap smear and turns out I tested positive for HPV. I had gotten my shots right before I turned 26, so the HPV vaccine, and I had tested positive for HPV back in 2016. Back then I had a colposcopy, as I'm saying that right, correct? As directed by the gyno. They said everything was fine. The following year I went in for another pap smear and I was in the clear. My question is, how is it possible to test positive again? Could my new sex partner have given it to me? I am concerned that this is happening again and I'm scared. I also tested positive for candida, but I do not present any of its common symptoms. Hmm. Candida is yeast. yeast. Yeah, yeah. Which you can have in your vaginal canal, but you can also have in your gut. I think yeah. you can test positive for candida without it, it being like, vaginal. I think it can be in your other parts of your body, like your ears. And you can. some people have just higher yeast in their body. They produce higher yeast. I think I'm a higher yeast person because I get yeast infections really easy, easily. And I have tested positive for candida before when I didn't have a yeast infection too. So, What is the other one? Giard- Giardia? Or is that in dogs? <laughs> Google, you should Google that right oh, now. Oh, look, but I know that dogs get like, it's like Giardia or something. Were we talking about dogs right now? Like, are we- no, but I was just thinking about other, it's like a Giardia. Um, it, it is, there's something that is like that that causes BV. It's what the flora fauna, oh my God, now I'm going to Google. Well, BV is not only caused by Giardia. Is it Giardia? Giardia. Everyone. Giardia. Wait, what's a good Jeopardy song? Do, 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 do. Well, no. Nope. All right. So scratch when she just said. <laughs> no, I'm just, I think marshmallow's off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, this is a freshwater planetarian. That's not what That's we're a doing. Ju- <laughs> yes. That's not the answer to the sex question. All no. right. Coming back to HPV. So we talked about the candida piece, how you could test positive for it and not have a yeast infection. Um, and for HPV, this is why I'm surprised that your doctor didn't say that it can go dormant in your body. You can be clear of it. It can come back later. Oh, it's mo, mon, monilia. That's way different. <laughs> you know, maybe I've got some Giardia up in her. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. Monilia causes uh, causes BV. Oh yeah. Well, in yeast infections, the different it's different strains of overgrowth of yeast that can mess with your vaginal flora, which we've talked about, which is similar to BV. Yeah. And there's yeah, the main cause is not this manolia. It is the candida. Um, manolia now is <laughs> the manolia. Manolia. Money, money. All right. Anyways. <laughs> All right. Back to HPV though. Okay. So here's the thing. You're freaking out. You're like, oh my God, I had it before. Da, da, da. Everything was fine. I was in the clear. It's back. Did my new partner give it to me? So the answer to this is, and I'm not a doctor. I'll start with that. I just know as someone who's had HPV, who's had it go dormant, has had it come back and have it go dormant again, the answer is maybe and maybe not. Because your strain can go in hiding and come back years later. Herpes does the same thing, right? It can come out and then go hiding and then it can come back. It's a virus that's hanging out with you for pretty much for the rest of your life, but you may never see it again. Um, Some people have it once and then it never comes back. So this could be your same virus strain coming back. You also could have got a new one because I'm pretty sure that there are many strains of HPV. I believe, I don't know the number, but I believe that the, the vaccine that you got only covers a certain amount of them. Um, and, and I, again, I don't know the perfect information on this. So this would be a time to consult, you know, Planned Parenthood would know a lot more information on this. They probably have a lot on their, their website about this, but, uh, I, if you could have a conversation with your partner, I believe it's hard for to test penis owners, or maybe you can't even for HPV, right? It's There's hard carriers. to test penis also for uh, herpes, H- HSV one. It's hard to test penis owners for that as well. Well, or like- if you test you know, the blood, here's the other thing doctors try to talk you out of it. Because so many people will have it, but it's dormant. And they're like, why would you even test for it if it's dormant in your body? It's just going to freak you out and you're going to think that there's something wrong with you. Nothing wrong with you if you have these things. Because here's the other answer. These things are so common. HPV, so common. If you're a sexually active adult, well, April doesn't have it. But most people, not most, a lot of people 
have it or have not really tested for or had had symptoms. Same with herpes. What is it like eighty percent of the population? It's something extreme. They, they some some research shows that it's even more than that because a lot of people test again. Like like this person was mentioning, they'll test. Uh, negative, but they're they're carriers, so their body doesn't have any symptoms. And I have an update. Giardia is in dogs. (laughs) It is a parasite. And that's what I was thinking because he took some medicine for Giardia when he was little, legend, I'm pointing to. And I was thinking of Gardenella. Gardenella. I can never say it. That's for BV. No, it's like the microorganisms such as Gardenella vaginellius and Privotella and bacterioids. That's like most common vaginal infection among Childbearing women. <laughs> oh, that what does is, that even mean? It means that it's baby. Like you can get it if you have some sex. You're fertile. Or they like- said childbearing. Like I was just looking at the. It's a risk factor for pregnant women. But this is coming from the internet. But it is a, a notable site, did by go, the way. Did you go to Wiki- Wikipedia for no, that? No, this is the Mayo Clinic. All right, I like it. Anyways, so um, I for this person, I hope that gives you some peace of mind. I also emailed them ahead of time because they said they were scared, so I want, didn't want them to be like, ah! Because we actually just got this email a couple of days ago. Um, but I think we gave the majority of the answers and you are not broken and this is super common and it happens in a lot of different ways whether again you got a new strain or it was already in your body and there's a lot of resources on there that uh, on the internet that will have better information than we will um, such as Planned Parenthood that I, I really love and I'm just such a supporter of what Planned Parenthood does regardless of your stance on abortion all those things I, I mean I've utilized Planned Parenthood so many times in my life thank goodness for them if not going into the clinic for various things but also when I just had questions go to their website and check it out it's good um, advice yeah. and we learned a lot about different types of yeast and bacteria today and giardia and giardia dog and dog parasite <laughs> thankfully we don't have to deal with that if you ever need a trivia partner you want it to be April because she knows all. well I didn't know that much I had to google that but I wanted it to I probably mispronounced a couple of them however I wanted to clear that because I was like giardia what's the capital of Ohio Columbus. What's the capital of South Carolina? Your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Charleston? I don't know. I, mean, <laughs> I think it is. Fuck. I don't know you're going to put me on the spot, okay? Oh. <laughs> My mom listens to this podcast. She's that's why like, I said your mom. So I was like, mom, help me right now. Janice. Oh, that's called, uh, what is the, the millionaire, whatever? You just did a lifeline? Did you call Janice for your It's lifeline? Columbia, South Carolina. That's why I was thrown off because you throw two at me with our Columbia and Columbus. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we're moving on. This is but, not trivia section. You got to quit. I got to prep for those things. Sorry, <laughs> but I am good at trivia. I've seen her do this at bars before. It's quite phenomenal. Yes. yes. All right. Before we read a bio about the phenomenal Stella Harris, before you learn all about threesomes. So even if you're not having threesomes, I think the information that we get about how to navigate threesomes often is about communication and how to relate to partners, and it can apply to monogamy as well. So there's something here for everyone, and threesomes are just fun to learn about because, I don't know, maybe you'll do it someday, maybe you're doing it now as as we speak. You can also listen to an erotic threesome story. Ooh, on Dipsy! You've heard us talk about Dipsy before. We love it. It is an app on your phone that you can listen to anywhere, anytime, whenever you want to get turned on, whether it's for you, for your love for your partners, whomever. Um, and it is erotic short stories and they actually refresh them once a week, I believe. And some of them are super spicy. I just listened to As I Say Too, which is all about dominance and they even use a dildo. And here's one line from it. I love seeing you stretched out like that. Ooh. Ooh. It's amazing. Chip, what do you love about it? I love that they have not only erotic stories, it's like a one-stop shop. Like you get one app, you download it and you get wellness how to's so let's say you're you're wanting to try meditation they have meditation how to's they also have so there's a whole section and also sleep stories you know i'm obsessed with sleep stories and bedtime stories and soundscapes so you can put on some crickets chirping and help yourself drift off to sleep and for our listeners dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless that's a 30-day free trial when you go to d-i-p-s-e-a stories dot com slash shameless again dipsystories.com slash shameless we promise you will love it all right are you ready for the bio yeah 
So Stella Harris is changing the way people experience their sex lives. As a certified intimacy educator and sex coach, she gives her students the tools and confidence to explore their sexuality safely and free of shame. The Ultimate Guide to Threesomes discusses some of the most frequently asked questions she's experienced in her work around one common topic, threesomes. A national and international speaker, Harris teaches everything from pleasure anatomy to communication skills to kink and BDSM. To learn more, visit StellaHarris.net. But first... Real talk. Unfortunately, we don't always feel safe when we're out and about on our own. This is why we are huge fans of the peace of mind the She's Birdie personal safety alarm gives us. Birdie is a cute and compact protection device that goes on your keychain. But don't let the size fool you. When you activate your Birdie with a quick pull, the alarm will emit a loud 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. We play it for you, but we don't want to scare you. Unlike pepper spray or other deterrents, Birdie is easy to use and no danger to you. Feel confident to use it without the worry. It's also super affordable and it makes a great gift item. I gave one to my mom to carry with her on her daily walks and she loves it. And guess what? Right now, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash shameless. Go to She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash shameless for 15% off your first purchase. That's She's Birdie.com slash shameless. All right, back to the show. All right, everyone. It is interview time. We are here with repeat guest Stella Harris. I believe she was on our podcast. I should have looked up the episode number. Uh, talking about G-spots and uh, squirting. I'm doing air quotes, but squirting, gushing, all the lovely fluids that can come out of vulva owners when they experience pleasure. Uh, this one, threesomes. This is a hot topic. We've done one or two episodes on this, and it still is in our top 10 downloaded episodes. So this will probably be one of those because whether you've had a threesome or you want to have threesomes, or maybe you don't, but you find, you're curious, you want to learn about it, uh, this might speak to you. And I think that a lot of what we'll talk about can also just apply to all relationships. If it's a twosome, foursome, fivesome, uh, I'm sure that there's a stuff here for uh, tools and communication, et cetera. Um, but Stella, we're happy to have you here. And we always start with the same question with every guest. How did you get to where you are today in the field of human sexuality? Well, it's sort of a long and, and convoluted story. Um, I can make sense of it in reverse that that sexuality was always an interest of mine. And, you know, I grew up basically pre-internet and had to sort of struggle to find good information. Uh, but my mom had been a librarian, so I did know how to do research. Um, and so I was, you know, sitting there with things like old school encyclopedias with the transparency pages, teaching anatomy. And, and that was sort of how I got my first information, uh, largely just because I'm sort of a nerd about everything and, and became a nerd about sex and bodies, ended up becoming a resource for my friends. And then just took a very long detour. I didn't really know it was a job. And and honestly, in, in the baby days of the internet, it, it wasn't really a job in the way it is now outside of the school system. So I took a very long detour into uh, law and then nonprofit management and then sort of came back to this about 10 years ago um, through sort of my personal life becoming my professional life. Um, getting involved in the kink scene in Portland and teaching there and getting involved in the polyamory community and getting speaking offers. And then I went back for additional training. I went and became a certified intimacy educator and a certified professional coach, um, started attending all of the sexuality conferences I could find, all of the classes I could find and sort of built it from there. Um, there's there's no sort of one way to become a sex educator. You kind of cobble together all the trainings you can find that that fit your interests. Nice. Is it, isn't it what you did law? You did law for I a little bit? I studied environmental yeah. law. Well, I was pre-law though. And mm -hmm. I never ended up going to law school because sex is more exciting. Well, of course, I had no <laughs> intention of, of going into sexuality as a field. Being from Wisconsin, there was no talk of that. But yeah, that's funny because there is some overlap just by you have to present a lot of sometimes uncomfortable topics to people that are unfamiliar with the sexuality and depending on the topic, which this one is is an incredible one. Threesomes, as Amy mentioned, it always 
is the, the key that people are looking, especially when they're in committed relationships, they either one or both partners wants to dive into that. And, and I'm so excited about the ultimate guide because there's so many ultimate guides out there and they're, they're, you're releasing the ultimate guide at threesome. So your expertise is going to be appreciated in this field. So let's talk about threesome Stella, the litigator of threesomes. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to use that. <laughs> <laughs> so this is kind of a layered question. It's, it's a hot topic. So why are people into threesomes and what are some of the mistakes people are making when they don't take time to prepare? Yeah, well, that is a layered question. There's a few pieces there. Um, in terms of why are people into threesomes, I think there's a lot of great reasons to be into threesomes. And I also think, and this is maybe strange from a person who just wrote a book about it, um, I also think they have a bit of status that they maybe don't deserve. Threesomes seem to be the sort of ultimate fantasy. And I think sometimes folks don't know why they want one other than that they've been talked about so much. It seems like a goal to achieve. Um, So I would like to knock them down just a peg and say that there is no magic alchemy in having three people in a room that is going to make you have better sex just because there's three people involved. I think like any sex, it is good when the chemistry between the people is good and the communication between the people is good. That said, I think it is a common fantasy in part because people crave a lot of stimulation, you know, more bodies, more hands, more mouths, more things to look at. It can be, you know, this sort of smorgasbord of additional stimulation that is really compelling for a lot of people. I also, you know, people, it is well established that people crave variety and novelty and threesomes are a great way to, to get that novelty. Um, Especially as you say, for folks who are already in an established or committed relationship, threesomes often sort of inhabit this gray area, sort of acceptable deviation from their otherwise monogamous agreements. Um, For better or worse, I think that also kind of gets people (laughs) into trouble and I get into that a lot in the book. Um, But I think that's part of why threesomes, people fixate on that because it seems like sort of a way to sidestep uh, an otherwise monogamous relationship and get some of that that novelty and variety. Um, and they can be tons of fun. Again, when when you get all your communication ducks in a row and your negotiation and you're treating everybody like a human being and not, you know, just a, a sex toy, um, I think they can be an awful lot of fun. And so that's probably to the answer, the piece about when people don't prepare for threesomes is I imagine communication is a big part of it when they're just like, let's just dive on in, see what happens instead <laughs> of talking about it, whether it's maybe you don't, these aren't regular partners and you're just, you know, happen to have a threesome with two new people that night, or maybe you know them a little bit, or it's with an established partner and a new person or, you know, so there's all these, these different ways that it could happen. Um, but I guess my question for you is, is that really weird top thing that you can think of why people, I don't, and I'm not going to use the word fail, but where they, they get, they get, you know, triggered or that didn't feel good and they get mm-hmm. kind of, they hit a wall in the experience. Yeah, that is a really common one I hear. And I'm sure, you know, this is true for the podcast. This is true for a lot of sex educators. We often hear, you know, the whoops after people have tried something and it didn't go quite right. And then they go looking for information rather than looking for it in advance to prepare. Um, And so I do see a lot of that. Often, you know, there's some intoxication and some combination of three people fall into bed and they didn't do their advanced planning. Um, So that's one of the areas that people get into a lot of trouble. They um, haven't figured out what it means either for existing relationships when there are any, or what does this mean for this configuration of people? Was this a one-off? Is this an ongoing thing? You know, did we talk about you know, boundaries, potential triggers in advance. Um, But yeah, we get a lot of those whoopses. Uh, I think because it feels like an ultimate fantasy and because it feels like something that is difficult to make happen, that sometimes if people see an opening, they sort of jump on it um, because they think that's going to be their only chance. Um, And then things go not quite according to plan or according to their fantasy. And you then, meet the unicorn out and you're like, there's the unicorn this we've is been diving. looking for. <laughs> my, yeah. My dream and, and I've 
heard that from clients, you know, also like if somebody so much as expresses openness to talking about threesomes and then the partner will just show up with another person, mm-hmm. you know, they just sort of skip a number of steps and, and that it's not uncommon for somebody to feel sort of pressured to go along with it, you know, to, to be a people pleaser. So you have, so do you have some specific tips on how to start there? Is there a, uh, a three-step model here or <laughs> to folks or out there or, or five or 10? Yes. I'm sure the book goes into deeper detail, but uh, our, our folks out there listening love tips and, and tricks. And there has to be some kind of uh, method to the madness, right? Yeah. And it, it depends a little bit where you're starting from. If you're starting solo, if you're starting with a partner, um, the first one I always think is a little bit of introspection, thinking about why do you want this? And I also suggest this for folks just for one-on-one sex. Um, you need to know why you want it because that's going to inform what kind of sex you're having. You know, for example, if you're wanting the threesome for the sake of novelty and variety, that might inform the way you're negotiating. That might inform partner choice. If you're wanting it because you are hoping that it will then lead to an open relationship or lead to an ongoing relationship with that third person. That's a different kind of encounter that requires a different kind of conversation. Um, You know, if you're hoping to do it, um, you know, because you think there's something wrong with your relationship and you want this to be a bandaid. That is a a bad idea in my opinion, but that is one of the reasons. Um, But if you can articulate to yourself that that's where you're coming from, Uh, then you might realize, you know, there's some other unpacking to do there. Maybe there's some other steps to do instead. So the first is why with yourself. And then if you already know some of the other people who are going to be involved, talking to them about their whys, seeing if if those things align, because that, again, will get you on the same page with some of your negotiation and planning. Um, And also asking yourself what what are your concerns or fears? Figuring those out, again, in advance before you're in the moment and feel pressure to go ahead. See if you feel jealousy coming up. See if you feel insecurities or comparisons. Um, so you have a time to work through some of that in advance. And I suggest a lot of ways people can sort of engage in, you know, baby steps, figuring out, you know, if this is going to be fun for them or overwhelming. Um, and I also suggest starting small, you know, just like we tend to have a fairly, fairly narrow definition of sex that then carries over into a narrow definition of threesomes. A threesome can be, you know, three people making out or three people exchanging sexy massages, you know, just having another person in the room, especially if it's your first time is, is going to bring an erotic charge with it. You don't need to have a particular kind of sex for it to count as a threesome. If everyone enjoys themselves, you can always make another date and come back for more, but you can't undo, you know, going too far and regretting it. Mm. That's good advice. Yeah. I, and I think of the, the, the handful of threesomes that I've had has always been um, never with a person that was a regular partner or, um, you know, a, a committed partner. And, uh, and actually all the threesomes I've had have, I've had like little group sex things here and there. Um, and they never had conversations before, like, okay, what are our intentions? What are we? And luckily they all went well. And then same with the threesomes that happened, um, that I've had one penetrative sex was never a part of it. Um, and it was always with another, a woman that was a good friend. And then, uh, and always with actually the same guy friend. I think we had three different ones and we got lucky because it really, uh, went well, but I think we also made it so that it was easy because we took uh, penetrative sex off the table. So mm-hmm. there's still safer sex conversations, but we didn't have to go uh, as far because there wasn't, the genitals weren't touching. There was mouths touching mm-hmm. genitals, etc. So it brings me to, um, so we got lucky. So but I, in the future, if I were to do this, I'd have a lot more conversation, but, <laughs> but yeah, good, good for me in that. Uh, but what about, so ethics, right? So um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, consent is a part of it. Also, you know, respect, safer sex conversations. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yes, about all of that. Well, for for one thing, I want to respond to just what you just said. Um, I think there is even a little bit of hidden planning in the kind of threesomes that you're talking about because you are already so well informed about sex and sexuality and communication that even if those particular threesomes weren't planned, you weren't exactly going in blind and were probably a little bit more equipped than than some people would be thrown into that situation. Um, So I do think there's often hidden planning behind what looks like a spontaneous threesome. 
Um, and you're also right on the mark with taking certain things off the table that I do find that when there are more bodies, even people who are pretty good about their safer sex protocols, stuff gets easy to miss and it's easy to forget what's been where. Um, so, you know, you're talking about mouths. Well, you know, if you go down on one person and then want to kiss the other person, you know, had those two people intended to exchange fluids or what about hands, you know, touching one person's genitals and then the other person's genitals. At that point, they may as well have been rubbing their genitals on each other. Um, there's just a lot of cross-contamination that gets easier when there are more bodies. So that's sort of a big sort of safer sex heads up I, I like people to consider is is it possible to sort of align so that everyone in the room has the same level of boundaries? And like you said, taking penetrative sex off the table is one way to do that. Or sometimes taking oral sex off the table so that everyone can make out without worrying about whose mouth has been where, if not everyone in the room wants everybody's fluids everywhere. Um, or, you know, using gloves for all hand sex. You can always swap gloves between partners. Um, and certainly you can, you know, run to the bathroom and wash your hands, but that gets easy to forget and it can sort of, you know, adjust the flow of the proceedings. Um, and if just one person leaves and comes back, people can also feel awkward about reintegrating into the activities. Um, so just thinking carefully about the, the boundaries and, and how those align with everyone's needs. That's a big safer sex one. Um, and the ethics piece also is, I think, in you know, we mentioned unicorns earlier um, you know, some of the terminology that I explain in the book is, you know, this notion of unicorn hunters, which is sort of the sort of a derogatory term for an established couple going and looking for a third. And the reason that that has that connotation is because of how many people have done that in an unethical way. And enough people have done it unethically that folks can just be sort of skeptical of any couple looking for a third. And there's nothing wrong with wanting that. Like that desire on its own is fine. There have just been enough bad actors that people are skeptical. And so I think what you really want to look out for there is that when you're looking for a partner for a particular sexual fantasy, that you're remembering that they are an entire human being, you know, who's going to have their own needs and wants and fantasies. And those actually have to be given equal weight. Um, you know, they're, there is some advice that, you know, just hire a sex worker um, because then, you know, it does get to be your agenda a bit more. It doesn't get you out of treating people like people. You know, you still need to have ethics and treat people properly. Um, but, you know, you can set the agenda a little bit more. And that's actually one of the reasons I suggest to folks that one baby step might be, you know, going to a strip club when we get to do that again or, you know, watching a cam show. There are ways with very defined boundaries that you can experience, you know, seeing your partner, seeing someone else naked or seeing them turned on by another human being and figure out how you're going to feel about that in these very contained scenarios where you are paying for someone's time. And when you are done, you can just be done and you aren't providing aftercare and, and follow-up check-ins. Um, so that can be sort of one way to baby step into it and see how you're going to feel. I was unethically roped into a threesome, actually, because I met this couple at an airport when I had missed a flight and they were an older couple. They were it was in Denver uh, and they had just finished a ski trip and they were older and and I had just been going through a divorce. And so I was at the wine bar drinking nice wine because it was a work trip. So I was like, give me the $40 a glass wine because I just missed my flight. And I'm going to be here for like six hours. So the point is they saw me and they were like, oh, hey. And then they, they asked what, you know, what business I'm in. And I told them I was in the sex toy industry. Anyway, I ended up sending them this kit of sex toys and they, and I, they had my phone number because he was in like some kind of like money management anyway. So they had my phone number and they said, next time you're in Phoenix, please call us. We want to take you out to dinner for sending us this nice care package. I was like, okay. So I text them when I was in Phoenix. And they're like, come to our house. We have like a chef and we'll make you dinner. And I was like, mm, okay. So why did I say that? I shared my location with my friend and I was like, okay, I'm going to go hang out with these nice people. She, she, he's, they're really nice. So I got there and 
no, I was roped into a threesome. I'm not, I was, it was consensual, but they fed me with like some really beautiful Pinot Noir that they busted out from their cellar. And, and then I ended up, yeah, using the toys that I sent, that I had sent to them on her. He, and I just said during the middle of it, I was like, you know what? This is, there's not going to be any penetration here. I do not want to hook up with the guy. I said that the, the, the husband in the relationship, I said, and I said this to both of them and it ended up being a, an interesting experience. It was just not, it was sort of sprung upon me and I shouldn't have been so naive, but I really do enjoy talking to people and meeting people when I probably shouldn't have gone to their house. And the Uber driver that was taking me there, I was like, Hey, yo, if you see my face in a milk carton in two days, you got to know where you're dropping me off. All right. You got to know. He was laughing. And it was, he was like, this is the nicest neighborhood in Scottsdale. I was like, doesn't matter. They could still be serial killers. So that was really naive on my part. And it was unethical on their part. There should have been some negotiation. I learned from that. I was also in just like this very transitional phase of my life. And I was in the yes phase of my life. So I said yes to anything that came to the table. And now being in this field of more sex education, I know all of the mistakes that I made. And I was happy that nothing worse happened to me because I was the unicorn they had been searching for. They told me that like, we've been searching for someone like you for a long time. And I was like, well, great. Mm -hmm. Um, So that brings me to a question though. I just had to share that. I've talked about it before and it just brought up, uh, the emotional situation. They hit me up so many times. I started ignoring their, their text messages. I was like, er. anyway, they just want more. They wanted more. <laughs> so uh, the question here is how does one go about finding the third person? How does, or two, how, how does a, does a couple go uh, about finding the third person? Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you call that naive, but also, you know, wouldn't it be nice if we lived in a world where if people invite you to dinner, it's dinner and you can trust that. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't think that that should be considered naive. I think we should be able to take people at their word. And, you know, you shouldn't have to be on guard all the time for that. Um, And I do think that the way they did it, like that could almost be how you do it. You know, if had they added the piece about like, wow, we just found this amazing, you know, sex positive person that we both think is a babe. And now we should actually say what we have in mind. Like that was sort of the really important piece that was missing there. Instead of being uh, lubricated with wine, fancy <laughs> wine. I was like, well, that's one way to do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't recommend getting people drunk to take advantage of them. That is not ideal. Um, and I do, I talk more about intoxication in the book, of course. Um, but so there's sort of two main paths for, for finding, you know, threesome, folks. And one of them, and sort of both of your personal examples kind of speak to this, is kind of being the kind of person that threesomes happen to. And that often means, you know, being well-informed about sex and sexuality and communication, you know, moving at least tangentially in some of those communities, sex-positive communities, open relationship communities, kink communities. So if you're a well-informed sex-positive person who knows a lot of other well-informed sex-positive people, it sort of gets easier to to make it happen. Um, And I also know that is a longer path than a lot of people want to take. A lot of folks they want the one-off. They don't want the lifestyle. They want to have the fantasy and be done with it. So they're not necessarily going to get super involved in any of the communities. So for the sort of one-off option, I will still say you do want to hone your communication skills, your consent skills, you know, read some books, take some classes, because even if you don't want to be in those communities, you might be trying to date people who are in those communities and they are going to look for clues that you know what you're doing, that you have decent consent and communication practices. Honestly, one of the best ways to find people is the same way you might find a solo date, which is just on dating apps. Mm-hmm. Um, we There are more and more now that are geared towards anything from multi-person hookups to open relationships um, and even just straight dating apps often now have options for people to have a profile as a couple. Um, I do give a lot of tips about this. Again, I think that transparency is key. You don't want to represent yourself as single and then sort of bait and switch that you want a threesome. You want to be upfront about what you are looking for. And at the same time, make sure that you aren't just talking about sex. Like, yes, you are a couple looking and 
you know, please also care about the person as a person. You know, sex doesn't have to be the first conversation. You know, ask somebody what they're reading, what they're watching on TV, you know, have an actual getting to know you conversation before you launch into, you know, hey, we want to hook up. Um, Sometimes that works. You know, I'm not going to say it never like, hey, do you want to have sex? Like that's going to work sometimes, um, but but not often enough that I would suggest that as a strategy. Um, so being upfront on dating apps, um, once you have enough of the knowledge that you can present yourself as, as an individual or couple who has their act together and isn't going to raise all of the red flags about, you know, being a unicorn hunter or being someone who is going to, you know, not be an ideal candidate to join a relationship. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberlube and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by omgs.com. OMGS is a research-based online program that teaches you all about how to pleasure the pussy. OMGS studied thousands of vulva owners to find out how they orgasm and then made beautiful animated modules and super honest short videos to give you ways to reach even more pleasure. I've been recommending OMGS to my clients for years and it's been changing their lives. We all know pleasure is fluid and ever-changing, so why not add more tools to your pleasure tool belt? OMGS is for everyone, so whether you are a vulva owner or you just love vulvas, OMGS will give you the techniques to get your O face on. There are two seasons to choose from and hundreds of gorgeous videos to explore. So go see what science says about pleasure and visit omgs.com slash shameless. That's omgs.com slash shameless to get $5 off your OMGS access. Again, omgs.com slash shameless. Go check it out. Now back to the show. I one two, a couple of thoughts came to mind. One is that uh, yes, for April and I, and you you're a sex educator too. But a lot of times when people ask us what we do and they find out what we do, there's almost this this off. This happens. I won't say often. It sometimes happens where they automatically assume one you're into everything. And yeah. and I love talking about sex, of course. So then they're like, oh, let me tell you about the sex that I'm having. But then they uh, often not. I don't want to generalize everyone, but I've had this happen before where they assume that you're automatically on the table for whatever. And, yeah. and, and that's something. So, so I know April and I both, sometimes we screen ourselves from sharing at, you know, at the wine bar. I'm an accountant on an airplane. Or I work in, work in women's health or things mm-hmm. like that. And, and I'm instead, or if I'm like sitting, yeah, sitting next to someone on an airplane, I'm like, I don't even, you wouldn't be stuck next to you for three hours. And I made the mistake of you know, sharing that. And I've, I mean, I've, I've been groped on an airplane next to a drunk guy before when he, when he heard what, what I did yeah. all of a sudden I was like, what you know? I didn't, I never said this was okay just because I told you that I work in the field of sexuality. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that was one thing that came to mind. And then also I've seen on dating apps before, even on things like Tinder, where you usually think of like one person looking for another person, people posting their photos as a couple, yeah. like mm-hmm. where, you know, they're looking, they're, they're, they're searching for other women or for other men, but they're posting as a couple. And just so I'm in a partner relationship and we're looking for, to, you know, we're an open relationship or we're looking for someone to share some experiences with. But when, what I really like is when they say, but we really want to get to know you first. So let's, you know, start mm-hmm. talking, maybe go out to lunch and see if it's a good fit. 
Um, as opposed to like you're saying the unicorn hunter or being predatory where, or like your experience, yeah. April, where they clearly had these intentions. Also, do you remember April when we went to Palm Springs and there was that couple that you knew? Oh yeah. And they invited, and I was with my boyfriend at the time who's younger than me. And he's like, not really uh, in the open-minded state around sexuality. And then you were married. And so like, Oh, let's, let's go to these people's houses. And they totally were trying to think they thought we were all going to have some sort of orgy. It was like a swing they thought that they were they were entering this swinger realm which everything was, that they were doing was trying to initiate it without yeah. actually speaking to it. right right it yeah. was not it was out without saying that ahead of time or even they wanted it. group sex i think yeah in it and i forgot so, about that i remember they started like fucking in the pool or something but in kind of like you guys want to get in and we're like oh now we, i see what you're doing <laughs> like no we're going to bed um so just things like that the, yeah. i think that you can really avoid that and and maybe and it made it, it made it uncomfortable honestly it was like okay now yeah. This is not a fun experience. Uh, we could have been friends. We could have a good time. Maybe, maybe what, I would have gone and had sex with my boy, my partner in the pool with y'all there too. But because you did it in this way, it didn't feel good. Um, yeah. So it brings me to the topic now of um, another ethics thing. I think is aftercare and mm-hmm. post threesome. Uh, the story I shared with some of my very. Uh, wonderful threesomes that didn't involve penetration that went really well, but we didn't have the conversations before. Um, actually, one of them happened in my sex shop that I own. Um, but the cool thing was we, we played, then we all went and had a cocktail after and we sat and talked about it. We processed. So how was that for mm-hmm. you? Like, what was really good about it? What was kind of awkward? Um, so what is your advice for aftercare and post threesome? What are some protocols? Yeah, I think that sort of afterwards hangout is great, you know, out in the world, if it makes sense, privately, if it makes sense, the, um, you know, and you mentioned the sort of the couple's profiles on Tinder, the the last couple that um, I joined pre-pandemic was a couple I met on on Tinder. And, you know, we've had a handful of threesomes and and they were a great example of being upfront about being a couple, you know, and also we didn't start talking about sex until we had been texting for a week. Um, you know, so they genuinely wanted to know me as a person. And, you know, we've gotten together multiple times for threesomes. Um, and it's basically about the sex. You know, they come over you know, we chat for a little bit, we have sex. And the reason this applies to aftercare is they pretty much always bring a dessert. (laughs) So then after sex, we go back down to the kitchen and we all have some sort of dessert together and chat and having something planned like that helps the transition, right? So that's how you know, like, okay, it's time to get out of bed, put our clothes back on, but now we have this activity to do. And that helps facilitate those sort of the conversations and the goodbyes and, you know, see you next time. So that can be really helpful. It's also really helpful to talk in advance about, you know, who's sleeping where, who's staying where, um, because it can get really awkward if you have somebody over for sex and, and you want them to leave. And that has not been articulated in advance. And then, you know, are you trying to throw someone out at three in the morning? You know, do you, do they have transportation? Um, so that's an, an area, you know, that I really want people to think about in advance and where it can get, you know, unethical if you're not, you know, planning for somebody's well-being. Um, and I think it's important to talk about aftercare needs in advance because people can have incompatible needs. You know, sometimes folks, maybe they don't want to, you know, hang out again or they don't want to, you know, have an ongoing connection. And other folks might at least want a check-in, you know, some texting, a phone call, a coffee, something after the fact. So it's important to know what your needs are around that so that somebody's feelings aren't hurt later. Um And there can also be aftercare for an existing couple, Um, you know, some sort of reconnection time for them um, is often important, Um, you know, sort of reminded after you've shared this, you know, intense experience that, you know, the new person was exciting and also I'm still really excited about you. So aftercare is for everyone in the configuration, whether or not there's an existing couple, whether it's three people who all just came together Um, But talking about it, how are you going to check in? Um, And if there is going to be a next time, um, as you say, it's really helpful to talk about, you know, what went really well that we want to do more of? What would we maybe do differently next time? But ideally having that conversation, you know, in the next day or two. So you can just have your, your sort of afterglow right after sex. And then when you've had time to think about it, talk a little bit about, you know, what, what was great? What will we do differently? 
which is also a good way then to transition into, you know, making plans for another one. Do you remember when Remy Halko was on the show talking about three sims? He said he likes to send them thank you cards. <laughs> He's like to send them either an e-card or a thank you card. Like, thank you so much for that experience. This was really wonderful. I really appreciate you. Or just, just you know, mm-hmm. that was just one thing that he had said. Um, and then just one other funny story before we ask you more about sharing your book. Um, the, <laughs> the first threesome that I had with someone, it was the other woman in it. She actually looked like a younger version of me, long curly blonde hair, but um, she was only like 20 years old. I think I was 20 five at the time and and it was playful and I didn't really know her that well before and it was, it was fun and but it was like you know one of the things we didn't talk about before anyways a week later my driver's license was missing and oh. and I was like what the fuck is my driver's license and I have a friend that owns a bar here in Santa Cruz oh, no. and then two weeks later he's like uh, a girl just showed up here with your ID here trying to use it and I was like I know Amy Baldwin this is not her and I was like <laughs> She stole my ID after we had a threesome. She went into my wallet and stole my ID so she could go to bars. Like that. Okay. That is not aftercare. Okay. That's no. <laughs> that's, that's really Forgot messed up. Yeah. Damn. If you're listening, she, I mean, she's really embarrassed after that. I called her out and she was like super ashamed, of course. But um, yeah, not cool. Not cool. <laughs> I do love the, the, that you brought up having a dessert or some sort of a a cup of tea afterward. I think that that aftercare, because that sounds really like a release because sometimes after sex, people want to sleep or, but it'd be really beautiful to reconnect highs and lows. What were the highs? What were the lows? Right. And I, I want to take that away with me because a threesome is I'm newly single and a threesome was off the table with my previous partnership only because I felt that our foundation wasn't, there were a lot of cracks. And I felt that until Mm -hmm. we mended those cracks and sealed the foundation securely, I wasn't ready to pursue that. And I am very much into penis owners and vulva owners alike. So for me, I was always into the idea of pursuing a threesome. And so I am going to take all of this advice and buy your book as soon as it comes out, which can you talk about how people can find and buy your book? It's not quite out yet, but um, the release date is very soon. And also if they want to work with you and find you, Stella, where would they do that? Yeah. Well, you can find me online at stellaharris.net. I'm on most social media, including Instagram. Instagram at Stella Harris Erotica. If you are interested in one-on-one coaching, uh, you can book for that on my website. The book, the new book comes out on March 9th. There's a launch party at Shebop, which you can register for on their website. You can pre-order the book while you're registering for the party if you would like. It's also available from independent bookstores like Powell's here in Portland um, or Amazon. It's available for pre-order. Nice. And that's stellaharris.net. They can do you do coaching and everything with people. All the things. Oh, yeah. What are the names of your other books, too? Can you remind our listeners? My first book is called Tongue Tied Untangling Communication in Sex, Kink, and Relationships. And that is available from all of the usual bookstores as well as uh, from my website if you happen to want a signed copy. Yay. Oh, very good. Well, I'm so happy that you and I finally were able to meet Yay. Stella. So, and thank you for sharing your wisdom on threesomes and sharing a lot of great advice that I'm going to take into my next threesome experience. I can't wait. When COVID probably lifts, I'll be feeling a little bit more comfortable about that and <laughs> that soon. So I appreciate Excellent. though all of all of your wisdom. So thank you. And my pleasure. I hope it's, I get to hear about your next threesome adventure. Yeah, I'll make sure I, I give you the full report. <laughs> say that in the threesome. Stella yeah. taught me everything I know. Stella taught me. <laughs> uh, I wanted to just let you know, though, I have had a threesome with wine. Oh, a yeah. A lot of it. Sergio Vese and you. some Chenin Blanc. Oh, my God. Or down. you, me and a bottle of wine. Oh, yeah, you too. Or two. And that is because of Margins Wine. If you don't know, Amy and I love Margins Wine. If you don't know why, it's because it's women-owned, women-operated, underrepresented varietals of grapes from underrepresented regions, beautiful boutique wine. And guess what, y'all? There's only two releases every year. So if you want to get in the know and be part of the Wine Not Club, which is not really a thing, but join Margins Wine newsletter so you can tell when she has her two releases a year. And you go to marginswine.com to do that. And if you want to save a little moolah, I know we all like to save some moolah sometimes, you can get 10% off if 
three bottles or more using sh- code SHAMELESSSEX10 or 15% off six or more bottles using SHAMELESSSEX15. All of that info, you don't have to write it down. It's on our website. So go check that out. And one more invitation for you all. Yes, threesomes are an invitation. And to go onto iTunes and write a review. We love five stars. We love reading every single one. We love you because you are the shameless sex revolutionaries. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.